Today's episode of the Sharpened Artist Colored Pencil Podcast is brought to you by Strathmore Artist Papers. The company has always believed that better paper makes better art. While a lot has changed in their 130-year history, what remains is their continued commitment to quality and consistency. Strathmore prioritizes working closely with artists to address their needs with paper surfaces, formats, and weights, regardless of skill level. Paper choice is one of the most important decisions an artist makes in determining the outcome of their work. No matter what medium you are using, you can be confident there is a Strathmore paper to suit your needs. Another top priority is to be a trusted resource for educating artists about their materials. Their goal with this education is to help every artist maximize their potential for success. Strathmore values their artist relationships and thank all of you who have trusted their surfaces for your work. Visit Strathmore's website at strathmoreartist.com and sign up for their quarterly artist newsletter. It comes out once a season and is packed with loads of information and always has a featured article written by an artist. Thank you to Strathmore Artist Papers for sponsoring today's episode. The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. Inspiration and innovation. We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much. And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sodiropoulos. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Barb Sodiropoulos. How goes it, Barb? Oh, I'm doing great. And I'm so excited. Barb and I are welcoming back to the show, Sarah Prentice of Strathmore Paper. So, Sarah, we spoke with you back in episode 335. So if you've not checked out that episode, go over there and listen to her personal interview. But, Sarah, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be back talking with you again. Awesome. We're going to talk all things Strathmore paper today. So it's great to have a marketing manager from Strathmore here uh, to discuss all these things. And we've, we're bursting with a lot of questions here today. And Sarah is going to fill in some gaps. So I hope that you stick around and listen to the entire episode today. Yeah, I think it's going to be full of a lot of really great information. So just to get started right away, I mean, Sarah, you know, John referenced your episode that we did where we talked about, you know, you as an artist, but maybe for people that maybe haven't gotten a chance to listen to that episode yet, do you want to just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are in terms of like how you started working for Strathmore and uh, yeah, just give us a a little insight into that. Yeah, so I've been working for Strathmore for over a decade now. It's been 10 years and um, I've been here this long because I love the company. I love the brand. I am an artist myself. So um, I went to school for marketing and what better opportunity than to do marketing for um, an art material company and for a brand that I love and use and personally believe in and I'm very passionate about. It's a great fit for me. Um, I have a really fun, interesting job. I love being in the art material industry and surrounded by artists on a daily basis for what I do for work. It makes it exciting every single day. And and I'm I'm a self-proclaimed paper nerd. So um, I get really (laughs) excited about paper more than most people. (laughs) And um, yeah, I know lots about paper and all the ins and outs, how it's made, um, what to use it for, the different surfaces, the weight, texture, everything that we can we can get into later Exciting. in the episode today. Awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I've seen, is there a little Sarah cameo on one of those videos on your YouTube channel? I'm, pretty I'm sure, sure there, like... there probably is. Um, <laughs> and that's not because I felt the need to put myself in any videos, but just because it was convenient and um, <laughs> because I do art myself, um, it, it just kind of works. It naturally kind of works well. I think it's it's one where it's about the company. I was like, hey, is that Sarah? She's like looking at paper. Oh, She's got like funny. blood. Like, oh yeah, yeah that was, I was like, like, what's ah. examining paper? Yeah, we um when <laughs> yeah. when paper comes in from the mill, uh, we put it through different testing processes, and um and I do get involved in testing papers and checking for quality, and that was mm. um 
in the lab looking at, at a sheet of paper that had come mm. in to make sure that it was there you go. So that's an tests. authentic video. It is, yes. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to dig facts. that up, put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. I, I thought it was great when I was kind of doing great. my extra research for this. I was like, Hey, <laughs> that's there funny you is. found that. So I was like, that uh, yeah. All right. So talk to us a little bit about just a, a brief overview of the history of Strathmore. Yeah. So Strathmore, um, the Strathmore brand, it was created in 1892. So actually this year marks 130 years for Strathmore, oh, wow. um, which is exciting. Uh, our yeah. founder, his name is Horace Moses. Um, he founded Strathmore out in Massachusetts. And um, so the story goes, he was a paper maker and decided to break ground in Massachusetts and build the Strathmore Mill out there. And um, he took a trip over to Scotland and the um, thistles were in full bloom. And he was really inspired by the beauty of the thistles and the Valley of Strathmore in Scotland. That's where he saw all the Mm. thistles. And he decided when he came home that he wanted to name his paper company after the Valley of Strathmore in Scotland and use the thistle as a symbol to represent um, high, the high quality papers he was making. So that's where the logo, the thistle logo comes from and the name Strathmore. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, and it's funny. I don't know why I never noticed this until I think I had read it on one of your blog posts before about how or how <laughs> How the thistle imagery is involved in all the cover images somehow. Yes, that it, and yep, that's just for the 400 series line. So, and we could talk about that later, yeah. but our um, mm. papers are categorized sure. into different series to try to help artists understand what, you know, the best choice is for them, um, different quality levels, if you will. And the 400 series pad covers, which are the brown and green that you've probably seen, mm-hmm. um, those yeah. all have a thistle incorporated into the artwork on the cover in some way some sometimes it's obvious um and sometimes it's hidden sometimes it looks just like the strathmore logo or that circular thistle mm-hmm. and sometimes it can it represent it looks like a real thistle plant but we leave it to the artist who's making the cover mm-hmm. to decide how they want to incorporate the thistle into the into the piece oh that is so neat Awesome. So is that is that sort of just like the mandate then if they're doing um, a cover, they can do whatever they want as long as that's kind of worked in somehow? Right, right. Yeah, we leave it we leave nice. it pretty open to the artist to decide, how you know, how, what kind of artwork they want to make. I mean, we they have to use the right mediums that matches the paper, of course, like whatever medium you would use yeah. on that pad cover that it's representing. Um, but otherwise, the subject matter is pretty much open to the artist. And then it's up to them to find a way to incorporate the thistle. <laughs> we have to look for that. Yeah, now. it's it's so funny. I mean, for all the Strathmore paper that I own, truly, like I just, I was like, one day I was like, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of fun to get all your brown and green cover pants pans out and try to find the thistle. I think I've <laughs> yeah, seen it, it now that you talk about that, but I never thought much about it. Yeah, uh, it really felt like uh, this like fun fact that I was just <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I didn't know it was an intentional <laughs> just, thing like yeah, that. That yeah. is so interesting. Huh. Well, and I mean, you you choose such wonderful artists yeah. for these covers as well. For I mean, sure. the, the certainly the artwork is always such a great representation for the paper. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to expand on that a little, what is the sort of the process of picking artists for that? I mean, we can dive, dive into that a little bit later too yeah. when we talk about sort of the artist connection. Right. But um, how how are you picking, or how is the the company picking and choosing artists to sort of represent those? Yeah, covers? it's a good question because a lot of people ask and want to know. Um, and want to be on the cover. <laughs> <Myself included. laughs> yeah, it's um, well, and the thing Selfish is, question. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's we don't change artwork out a lot. Um, so it doesn't happen often, and we don't, you know, we create new papers occasionally, but not a lot. So it doesn't happen often that we're looking for cover artists. But when we do choose them, usually it's people that, um, you know, we've got. I would say majority of the time it's some that we have a long-term established relationship with. They're a loyal Strathmore user. They're very familiar with our papers and they, um, you know, whatever medium they're working in, it's kind of their go-to. And um, it's somebody that we know can um, do whatever needs to be done on the paper itself. You know, if it's mixed media, somebody that works in mixed media, if it's a, a Bristol, you know, somebody that works in pencil or color pencil. Um, so, you know, matching up the right mediums with the right paper and then just an artist that we, um, 
have a usually a, a relationship with and is a, a loyal Strathmore user. I wanted to mention too, there's also an artist we just spoke with, Sarah, Sarah Bechtel, yes. who, <laughs> who was wonderful. Yeah. She's such a great interview. And yeah. we 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 love her so oh much. Gosh, we're we're, gonna, we're right now working on trying to find a way to get her back because oh, she, anything she, was she so does lovely. is like we've worked with her for oh, I've been working with her for a decade now because she's been a Strathmore art educator for ten years now. And um and I've also worked with so I worked with her on that program and I worked with her for um, you know, that she did a cover for us. She's done some video series for us on colored pencil and drawing and whatnot. And anything Sarah does is amazing. Oh, she's so thorough. She's so um knowledgeable about materials and she's like mm-hmm. yeah, so definitely. good with communication. She just she checks all the boxes. So I yeah. love working with Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean she's she's knowledgeable just in other things too. Yeah. Like I really I mean, I, I know we're <laughs> we're talk, talking about another episode here, but but truly like I, I think for anyone kind of listening who hasn't had a chance to to hear that episode yet, I mean just even her her understanding of, you know, wildlife conservation and sort of those sort of things that she infuses into her artwork, mm-hmm. you know, on top of all of her knowledge with materials and that sort of thing. I mean, she could have easily been a three hour interview, oh, I yeah. think, you know, yeah. from from what I saw when John spoke to her. So I think, you know, that she's definitely a great representation for for Strathmore paper, for sure, and for for a lot of other topics as well. Right, so. Right. Yeah. Go back and listen to episode 333, guys. That's where um, you'll, you can listen to the full interview with Sarah Bechtel. Um, so let's talk, Sarah. Sorry, yes. Sarah Prentice. Let's talk <laughs> about uh, the sustainability practices of Strathmore. Can you speak to that? Sure. Yeah. So another fun fact, um, Strathmore is actually the first artist paper company to make a recycled artist paper. Oh, wow. um, in 1972, <laughs> we made the first recycled sketch paper for artists. So, um, you know, we've got a history of sustainability practices. Um, we have, so anything in our green pad covers is mm-hmm. our 400 series recycled line. And that means that the papers in that line have um, recycled fibers, whether it's post-consumer or pre-consumer recycled fibers. Um, in the paper itself. And, um, and we also are FSC certified, which is, um, means that we have sustainability practices in our, um, foresting when we, when we get the, the actual materials, the pulp, the wood to use for, for paper. Um, I'm not sure how big of a misconception it is about paper use in, um, or like what, you know, what happens in the forestry side of things with paper making, but, mm-hmm. um, it's actually because we're FSC certified, that means that when we take pulp or wood from forests, they're from tree farms. So, I mean, just like farms for anything else that you would grow, you know, corn in the grocery store, whatever it is. We've got tree farms where the wood comes from, and anytime mm-hmm. we take wood from those forests, it gets replanted, and there's more trees in its place. So it's not gotcha. like we're going out and cutting down like forests, you know, in the rainforest right. or something that shouldn't be harvested. Where we've got actual tree farms that we're getting the wood and the pulp from. Sarah, let's talk then about the differences between a paper that has wood as its base and cotton and blends i mean there there is a conception out there that um if it's if it has any wood at all then it is not archival so what would you say to that um i would say um yeah archival is a it's a it's a difficult term to sort of like clarify what is actually archival it's not that cut and dried is it? it's not no it's not a clear right. answer so as long as your wood pulp paper says acid free which is going to be the majority of strathmore papers it will last you hundreds of years literally centuries as long yeah. as it's not exposed to the wrong external factors like um right. you know sunlight acid i mean some artists use you know things like wine and coffee on their uh, paper which is cool but over time that's going to break down the paper because there's acid in (laughs) those those materials materials. exactly so (laughs) as long as you're keeping it out of the light and it's an acid-free paper um you're going to be fine and it's pretty much going to last you 
mm-hmm. for a very, you know, hundreds of years. Um, the only paper that Strathmore has that is not acid-free is newsprint because it is not intended for finished work. Right. You know, it's, it's cheap practice paper. That's really right. all it's there for. So it's not going to, you know, you think of an old um, brittle yellowed newspaper and that's because the acid over time has deteriorated it. Everything else, if it's wood pulp, as long as the acid has been removed, um, that's that's mm-hmm. what would break down the paper over time. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really not a factor to worry about with okay. wood pulp right. paper um, as long as it's acid-free. Um, with cotton paper, it's easier to say it's 100% archival because the acid, which comes from the tree lignin, was never in the mm-hmm. paper in the first place because mm-hmm. it just exists in wood and not cotton um so there's nothing that was in any of the pulp previously that could have the potential to break paper down and cotton is a stronger fiber anyways than what wood is so Mm -hmm. that's what makes it more um appealing for an artist because it's Mm -hmm. gonna it's the softest but strongest type of fiber that you can use right And, and it will be truly archival because um it doesn't have anything in it already that would have broken it down. Right, right, right. Yeah, and the biggest concern just, is that lignin, right? right. Um, and, and so, I mean, with a blend, and you've got some wood uh, in the blend of the paper, I know there there's efforts to cleanse it or to get it back to a pH neutral yeah. Um. For the final product. Yes. So we can rest assured that it will last hundreds of years if we've got a pH neutral right. paper in the final outcome after the production process. Exactly. And that's something that is tested for in the manufacturing right. process right. to make sure that it's a pH neutral, which is seven or above. Yeah. So it's always right. going to be, um, you know, if it wouldn't pass that test, then it wouldn't be. It wouldn't get out there into the market because we know that that lignin hasn't been removed enough to make it archival or acid-free, lignin-free. Right. And Strathmore also, we don't use OBAs, optical brightener additives, in our papers. Mm-hmm. That's something that can be added in the manufacturing process to increase the perceived whiteness of a paper right. or how bright it is. Because um, right. some people like to have really bright white papers. But those OBAs eventually can cause color shifts over time or can cause the paper to deteriorate over time. And it would mm-hmm. be a long time, but but it is possible. So mm-hmm. um, we take special care not to use optical brighteners in any of our papers. So the color that you're seeing in our papers are the natural color of the pulp. Or if it's a colored paper, the dyes or the pigments, but without anything mm-hmm. like OBAs that would break it down over time. Very cool. I love awesome. that. That extra white that's associated with Fabriano Artistico. Um, I'm guessing that's probably an OBA that is uh, creating um, that. I'm guessing. Probably the, the easiest way you can tell is to put a paper under a black light, and if it lights up and glows, it's got OBAs oh. in it. If it's if it does not, then it's what we call optically dead, and it just won't light up in a black light. So that that's a test you can do to check papers to see oh, if they've got OBAs in it. Yeah, yeah. I bet I did a blog where I took a picture under a black light of like a sheet that just <laughs> lit up and was like glowing, and then a dead wow. a dead sheet. So we call it that doesn't have any OBAs in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Sarah, I think that's really great that all of those things are happening with the paper, especially the the the, the point about the optical brighteners. I think that's a, yeah. something that maybe a lot of artists didn't know about. I actually, I learned something today about the black light. I think yeah, that's, I didn't know that. I'm going to go get myself a black light. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go all hippie. All yeah, I'm going to burn <laughs> right? incense and have some beads <laughs> just, over the door. It's dark here. I'm just going to break <laughs> them all out and see what's going on with my paper. Yeah, right. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I, I think that's I think that's really interesting and also a good thing to know. And and again, I think just another yeah. testament to Strathmore's commitment to sort of creating the best possible artist papers, Absolutely. taking those kind of things into consideration. Because certainly, I don't actually know how many artists, unless they are paper nerds as well, know that that point about it. Right, just that understanding of what those extra additives for making that really bright white paper what it actually does also to the paper long term. Mm-hmm. So, and and actually speaking of that. No, we, we John and I have started this new segment where we we, we call the Art Fact Minute. So uh, on one of the recent ones, we talked about sizing in paper. And one of the things that we came across when we were doing our research for that specific topic was that Strathmore actually typically uses vegan 
um, byproducts for their sizing in the paper. So just wondering if you can talk about that a little bit and maybe um, give people a little recap on what that is and, and what sure. the process is from Strathmore's mm-hmm. perspective. Right, right. Okay, so first starting with just what sizing is. Um, sizing is an additive that goes into the paper during the manufacturing process. There's internal sizing and external sizing. Internal sizing gets added in the beginning of the process. It gets mixed in with the pulp when everything's still really wet. And then um, external sizing gets added at the end of the paper making process on the machine. Um, it, it actually, the paper gets dipped into a sizing bath um, and that kind of coats the paper with sizing. And what sizing does is it helps the paper react differently to moisture. So if you think of like a paper towel, um, there's no sizing on paper towel at all. It absorbs everything. You can't mm-hmm. really do art on it because it just sucks everything right in because there's no sizing in that paper to protect it or act as a barrier. So um, the amount and type of sizing that goes in will vary depending on what paper grade you're making. So a drawing paper will have different type of sizing than a watercolor paper because it needs to react differently to moisture. 99% of our products are vegan and made with either plant-based or synthetic sizing. Strathmore has one paper called um, 500 Series Gemini Watercolor. It's a old world traditional 100% cotton watercolor sheet that's made on a cylinder mold machine, which is a different type of paper making machine than what uh, the majority of our papers are made on. Um, and it's the only paper that uses sizing um, that's made from an animal byproduct that's leftovers um, from food processing. Um, no animals are harmed for the sole purpose of creating sizing for that paper, um, but it is the only one that uses a gelatin sizing for the paper. Everything else is, like I said, vegan, um, 100% plant or synthetic based for the sizing that's used. Okay. Listen to any song you want, anytime you want. Amazon Music Unlimited is packed full of 70 million songs that are available anytime, anywhere, and on any device without ads ever popping up or interrupting your music library at all. Just pure, uninterrupted listening pleasure. So check it out today by going to getamazonmusic.com slash sharp. And if you sign up right now, you'll be able to take advantage of the three-month, not the typical one-month, but you'll get three months of Amazon Unlimited Music absolutely free. And we thank Amazon Music Unlimited for their support of the podcast. It is something I think that a lot of us need to kind of take into consideration. It's, you know, I mean, what what is the environmental impact of what we're doing? And, yeah. you know, whether that be through cutting down trees or or even, you know, for people using mediums that are potentially toxic, right? Yeah. Like what happens when that gets thrown out and goes into the environment? And so I think any company who is kind of actively taking those steps to to be conscious of those things and implement it into their you know manufacturing processes i think is really commendable and so i really appreciate that about this company and and certainly there are others doing similar things but you know just just those points alone for me are are things that factor into you know the the companies i want to give my money to and and sort of you know create my artwork on so I think it's it's great that you're able to come and speak to us about that point specifically as well. I think that's a, a good point, Barb, that a lot of times we as artists are not thinking about the production process and what may be involved in that and what products, you know, what if there's any harmful um, ingredients in some of these things. There's even a colored pencil line that has, and it's a very popular one, that uses animal fat. Yeah. So it's something to be aware of as artists. I mean, we have a responsibility and we have the power of choice. <laughs> so I, I love that. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we're able to talk about this today. Yes. I'm, I'm very clearly pro Strathmore. I'm not hiding that. So <laughs> it's like, can, can you tell him a fan? <laughs> Anyways, I also wanted to mention for anyone who hasn't had a chance to go to the Strathmore website, it is it is extremely well put together. I think it's one of the best art supply yeah. websites out there. Sarah, I know you have a lot of invol- involvement in that as well. 
And, um, you know, just from the blog alone, which is always full of really great informational topics, and certainly, you know, we're linking to a bunch of them in the show notes. But I think just even the section where, you know, right right off the hop when you get to the website, you know, it gives you that that sort of um, that area where you can you choose your paper and sort of take you down the path of like figuring all that out. I just I haven't really seen anything like that. And I really think, you know, to me, again, when I when I go to the the website and even just the user experience that happens there for me, I feel like you can tell that this this company, like you don't just have a website to have a website presence. Like the website is very much something that has a lot of consideration mm-hmm. and is also very much um, geared towards the artists that are coming there so that they have, you know, a resource of information to either learn more about the paper or have more of an understanding about what they're getting into or where they should go in terms of what they're picking. It's It's such a great resource. And I really think, again, you know, we're giving all kinds of love to discuss more today, but but truly, I feel like it's deserved because I just think there's there's so much thought and consideration that's put into it. And you know, Sarah, maybe you can speak a little bit to like what your role is with the website or what involvement you have, and sort of how that's evolved over time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying all that because that has been a huge goal of ours with the website is to make it truly educational and useful for artists. Um, and yeah, I have played a big part in the website over the last decade um, and have added a lot of those blogs and pieces of information. But like I said, the, the goal is really to help people understand, um, first of all, not all papers the same, and it's going to make a huge difference what you choose in the outcome of your work. Um, and, and part of the goal has always been to educate as much as possible on the products themselves and how to use them um, and provide the education, the inspiration. Um, resources, guides, tutorials, demos, whatever it may be that can help an artist really understand, um, you know, whatever it is that they're looking to, to improve on. And when you, when you match the right mediums with the right paper, it sounds basic, but, but it's really not. And it makes a huge difference in the outcome of your work. Oh, so agreed. I can't stress mm-hmm. that enough. And, and different papers are created specifically to function differently. So, um, you know, I saw, I saw a post the other day that an artist did and they said, um, you know, I don't, I don't like Strathmore paper because it doesn't handle my, my watercolor well. And I saw that they were using drawing paper. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. because drawing paper is not made for watercolor. So they right. said like something like, so I recommend Canthon paper, um, which is, which is great. Canthon makes great papers too, but it's just a matter of like, Strathmore is not just drawing paper. You know, Strathmore also makes watercolor paper for watercolor. Yeah, how, how many so, papers actually uh, are under the umbrella of Strathmore? I like, like, I'm like, sure it's it, it's like, uh, it's a lot. Um, you'd have yeah. newsprint, sketch, <laughs> drawing, pastel, toned, artigan, Bristol, charcoal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, the list uh, makes media, watercolor. The list goes yeah, on. I mean, it, it goes on and <laughs> so, on. I mean, yeah. it's endless. So yeah. when people use that, you know, when they when they just say Strathmore paper, it's it, it's. You fill in the blank. You know, we we don't know what they're I using. Know. So, yeah. It's like they think there's only one kind. Yeah. And we'll definitely get to that in a moment. But I also wanted just to comment quickly, too, on your social media presence. Because I feel like, you know, anyone who's on Instagram, Strath, and, and you know, Sarah, you know, I know you have some involvement in that, too. Yeah. I mean, Strathmore, again, is also one of those company that's, that companies that's very involved in the artist community. I mean, I know they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. constantly sharing other artists' work. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, having having giveaways, like just really, really involved in that. Right. And again, I I also I also think that's commendable because again, some people or some some brands seem to just have the presence to have the presence, and they're just they're ticking a box of just we're here. Yeah, but no. <laughs> but they're not they're not necessarily engaging with their audience. And I think you know that that to me is also very important because it shows that there is an involvement in you know, and even just what you said about reaching out to that artist and kind of being like, well, no, actually, you know, maybe you should be using this paper. Yeah, yeah. And not just kind of like ignoring those comments because I think, yeah. I mean, you can't answer all of them and sometimes people are just being jerks, so <laughs> that's that's fair. But but I think, you know, just even to to take that time to make the comment and just be like, well, actually, here's another option for you. Like, 
I, I think that's really important too, because that shows a level of an involvement yeah. again um, that you know some companies just don't even bother to have. So yeah. that that to me is an important point it, as well. It's kind of a, a lack of just knowledge or understanding of everything that is under the umbrella of Strathmore. I think probably innocent comments a lot of times, right, Sarah? Sure. That yeah. they're yeah. they're just you know frustrated because of the one paper that they chose is not a good fit for the medium that they're using. So. Uh, yeah, I love that, that piece of education. And guys, uh, to Barb's point and Sarah's as well, I mean, it is a very educational experience when you go to the website and using that perfect paper um, little, you know, whatever this is, this tool. Uh, tool. Yeah, it's yeah. like a drop-down tool where you yeah, can select I, your medium and then I the format. That. So, like, right. whether you're wanting to use a pad or sheets or rolls, whatever the format is, and then what kind of level you're at. Or, or you can leave yeah. that open, too. I mean, if you, you can put it in there if you're a beginner or professional or whatever, or just leave that open. And then um, all mm -hmm. the right options that match your criteria will come up and show you what papers you, um, you know, are a good fit for whatever it is you're, you're trying to do. Well, you've got tutorials out here as well. I mean, especially mm -hmm. maybe if you are a beginner, there's a good way to get started uh, right. just by looking at, you know, the the uh, blog post and the tutorials, um, the tools area. I mean, I guess we could spend all day talking about the website, <laughs> but I mean, you could explore this just, for a yeah, long, long time. I mean, half, we, half an episode. Yeah, we yeah, really yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, like we we truly do make a point to make it as educational as it can be and to answer yeah. people's questions that they have when they're doing, you know, when they're doing anything that could come up, you know, like what is my stone binding? How do I determine the grain direction of paper? Right. Um, how do I seal a charcoal drawing? Uh, which paper right. is best for my artwork? What are the fiber inclusions in your tone paper? Whether it's like, Super detailed and specific or more broad. I mean, we try to, we try our best yeah. to answer as many questions as we can on our website and, and just help people understand their materials better. Strathmore is one of those papers that it's, it's readily available. You can find it almost anywhere. At least I can. Mm -hmm. And where I am. And, you know, it's, it, it, it could very easily have been one of those companies where it's like, well, we have a large footprint and whatever. We're going to sell products no matter what. So we don't, you know. We don't need to take that extra step. But the fact that 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 level of care and attention to detail, in my opinion, is present to me, just, you know, it, it elevates the brand so much more that way because there is that um, that thought that's there. And and, and it's certainly for me, it, again, it influences my decision on, on where I want to spend my money and what I want to invest in and who I want to help promote. And I, I very, very genuinely talk about Strathmore a lot on, you know, my... <laughs> My, my, my Instagram. And obviously now I'm, I'm giving you all, I feel like, I feel like I'm fangirling a little bit here, but, <laughs> but truly like, I know I very genuinely feel strongly about it. Cause I just feel, I, you know, it's, it's funny, Sarah, when you and I became friends on Instagram, I was just like, okay, I'm trying to be cool here, but also I really love the company you work for. So I'm going to try not to be like a total, like, nerd about this but also i'm secretly jealous of your yeah. job because i really yep. think that you like you know truly it's it's i think you're very very fortunate I, again yeah. you know i think it's it's great to be able to to have this opportunity to sort of even tell other people partly why i'm passionate about it and maybe why they should if they haven't given strathmore a chance maybe why they should too. yeah and i can say um you know we of course i'm gonna sit here and say great things about strathmore and you know maybe <laughs> seeing this with some bias, but I can tell you when I started, um, you know, 10 years ago, I was genuinely impressed by the level of care and concern over, I mean, quality is one of the pillars of Strathmore and has always been top priority. So, you know, I can tell you that making sure that everything works the way that it's supposed to, quality is always, you know, one of our number one concerns and making sure that everything's addressed um, mm -hmm. properly but and that things are functioning the way it should. If an artist has a problem, we want to know about it. We want to talk to them. We want to help fix it. Um, so I can, yeah, I, I, I genuinely from the start have been um, impressed by, by the brand and the company that already had been established. And now it's just a matter of carrying that legacy on and continuing to care about quality and, and education and getting helping artists get the best out of the materials that they can. Sarah, let's talk about the best. So we're going <laughs> to have this little religious uh, debate here. <laughs> what is the best paper for a color pencil artist or a drawing medium? 
What would you say when you're looking at the Strathmore lines? Yeah. What would be one of the best papers maybe to start with? And then if you could yeah, incorporate yeah. maybe some mixed media as well or using solvent or water on a on a paper as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few options and it definitely depends on um, the artist and preferences, mm. but I can give you my top options depending on what the artist is looking to awesome. do with color pencils. Yeah. So, um, Let's hear it. First and foremost, I'll talk about Bristol paper. Um, Strathmore Bristol has a strong reputation um, for a reason because it does perform very well, um, especially for colored pencils. So um, there's two surfaces in Bristol that we make, smooth and vellum. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in our 500 series range, which is the cotton paper, um, plate is also the mm -hmm. equivalent of smooth, so plate and vellum. Mm -hmm. um, smooth or plate surface um, is just what it sounds like. It's very smooth, doesn't have a lot of texture. Um, some artists prefer that because you can get a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's vellum, which is sort of a medium textured paper, which some artists like better because it's got those sort of um, hills and valleys where you can like yeah. build up a lot of layers and it right. kind of grabs the medium and holds it in the paper more. Um, you're not, you can fill in the tooth a little bit more with all that um, surface texture. Can I interrupt you really quick? So can you tell us the difference between smooth and plate? Is there a big difference there that um, is noticeable? Plate. So when we say plate, that's that's a Strathmore term. That's specific mm -hmm. only to the Strathmore brand. You won't find mm -hmm. plate in any other brands of mm -hmm. Bristol papers. And it's um, a, a term that was used um, or that we created to describe the process of making our 500 Bristol plate paper really smooth. Um, and the, and what the process is, is we've got um, sheets of Bristol paper is layered between these metal plates, but they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're flexible metal because they're so thin. Right. And there's like a stack of it where it alternates between sheets metal plate oh, sheet metal plate interesting and then it gets swished together in almost like a book and it gets passed through really high pressure rollers back and forth that literally is just kind of crushing the paper down and that's what makes it so smooth is because it's getting crushed between these high pressure rollers between these plates mm. of metal so that's where the term plate comes from the plates and metal that the paper gets layered between and then like rolled you know rolled completely flat so that's why that paper is extra smooth because it goes through that extra step of making it even smoother than when it comes off the line. So our Bristol smooth is as smooth as it comes off the paper machine. Bristol plate is even smoother because it gets mm. passed under high pressure rollers. Ah, interesting. Thank you so much for explaining I, that. I just like touching that paper. <laughs> Maybe that's weird. But like, <laughs> it's very smooth. I, I sometimes <laughs> just break out my pad and oh, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe sleep I'm, with it. I'm maybe, <laughs> no, well, not that far, but like it really is that much smoother. I didn't think that it would be until I got some and I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's an extra finishing so process. Just rub it against your cheek. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I can't be the only artist that likes to just like feel oh, no. their paper. I, I, right, right, like, right. I'm, sure. I'm right there with you. It's okay. Yeah. I like that with okay. the vellum, though. I like how, like, um, sort oh, of velvety yeah. the vellum is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, it's a tactile experience. Yeah. Oh, it is. Absolutely. That's <laughs> right. Um, so, so Bristol paper, first recommendation for um, colored pencil. And you will find different series of Bristol paper within the Strathmore line. There's 300 series, which is the yellow cover, 400 series, which is the brown cover, and 500 series, which is the white cover. Mm -hmm. um, so in Strathmore world, when we talk series, we actually have 100 through 500 series. 100 series is youth. It's our, our line for kids. Um, mm -hmm. And it is, um, it, it is, it is truly a, like a, a kid level paper, but it's also still going to perform well for whatever um, medium it's intended for, because we want kids to have a good experience early on. And not yeah. be discouraged if, you know, their art's not turning out because they're not using papers. And um, so it helps develop, um, you know, enhance the, the process as they're starting to learn art. Um, 200 series is um, sort of our economical level, entry level. It's for practice. It's for students. It's, um, it, I would say, that daily sort of developing your skills type paper. 
Then you move into the 300 series, and that's what we call better. So 300 is better, 400 is best, 500 is premium. Um, so 300 is, you'll notice it's a good quality paper, um, but it's also like very affordable. Um, our 300 Bristol is really popular among colored pencil artists because it performs so well, but offers such a good value for artists. It's not going to mm-hmm. break the bank, so it's a good place to start, and you'll still get really good results. Um, 400 series, as we call best, um, is harder surfaces, a little bit more superior sheet formation, and we say it's best for finished artwork for people that are more advanced and in the professional range and ready to spend a little bit more money probably on materials. Um, and then we have 500 series, which is premium. And any 500 series um, paper in, in any Strathmore line means it contains cotton content, which is, yeah, as we talked about before, the best of the best as far as fibers go for paper. Now, experience-wise, though, I mean, when you're actually using these different papers, um, is there a big noticeable difference between a 300 and a 500 as far as performance? Um, on it. it, it kind of depends on artist preferences, really. I mean, you will notice a difference between the okay. three to 500 because 500 is cotton and yeah. naturally cotton papers are just the best papers that, that you can buy. So mm-hmm. you'll notice a bit of a difference, but you're okay. still going to get good results on like a 300 series paper. Right. If, right. you know, if, if this is your ultimate like finished piece, and maybe you're going to sell it or you're going to, it's going yeah. in a museum or it's going to go up on the wall forever and ever. Um, you know, then, and you want to spend a little bit more money because you know, you're at that point, then that's where, you know, 500 really is the best right. performing paper. But if it's like, uh, you know, everyday practice or you could still do finished artwork, but it doesn't, or something. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't matter if it's going to hang up in a museum, you know, for the end of time, then 300 right, series right. is a great value for artists. Awesome. Okay, good. Um, so hopefully that helps sort of break out the differences oh, yeah. in how we classify our um, series. Um, so then back right. to colored pencil paper. Um, so Bristol um, is my first recommendation. It's, it, and you know what? I didn't even talk about what Bristol paper actually is because yeah. that's, that's yeah. a specific term in, in and of right. itself. So Bristol refers to any um, he- basically a heavyweight drawing paper. Mm-hmm. Um, the term came from... Bristol, England. They used to send papers to Bristol, England to to ply them, which means pasting them together. Uh, and that process was invented in Bristol, England, where you paste sheets together to form a stiffer sort of board-like sheet. And that's where the term Bristol derives from. Um, so today, Bristol just describes a heavyweight drawing paper. So it can be plied which means, um, you know, we've got two ply bristol, two sheets pasted together. We have three ply bristol, three sheets pasted together, four ply. The more plies, the heavier the paper is going to be. Or you can just have a bristol weight paper um, where it's technically not plied together, but it's still a heavier weight than what you would find in like a drawing Mm -hmm. sheet. And Mm -hmm. and it eliminates the need for artists to have to mount to a board. Um, It holds up well because it's heavyweight, so it can take a lot of, a lot of, repeated layers and racing and just whatever you want to put it through. It's a really strong, sturdy surface. Yeah, I think that's really popular with colored pencils, too, just to have that heavier weighted Mm -hmm. paper in general. I mean, I don't really know anyone who works on, on like, something that would be the equivalent of, like, a, you know... Just like a drawing paper. One plate. Yeah. Yeah, just like even a sketchbook paper, right? Like, I know I, I think... Colored pencil, you almost have to go to a heavier right. weight for it to really, right. really mm-hmm. hold what you're trying to do, especially if you work using a lot of multiple mm-hmm. layers. Yep, exactly. Um, and then my yeah. next recommendation would be toned paper. And um, we make, Strathler makes a toned tan, a toned gray, and we actually have a toned blue. Mm-hmm. Um And that is, it, it's great for colored pencils. It can... It can be a time saver. The tone paper just means it has a mid-tone background. So if you look at the value scale, it's right in the middle, which means that you can add both lights and dark values to your paper. It's that middle starting ground. You know, on a white paper, you have to build up your values to get to that mid-tone and darker. But with tone paper, you're ready in the middle, so you can easily add shadows. You can easily add highlights on the other side, and it makes yeah. it quicker, easier for artists to build up all those different values and layers since you're starting from that mid-tone background. So 
it's kind of a fun paper to work in, whether whether you want to like let the the paper shine through the artwork and be a part of the drawing or completely fill it with colored pencil and just have sort of the neutral background to work on. Um, it really gives the artist a lot of fun possibilities with colored pencil. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. that like colored paper for colored pencil. I am I am also one of those people. <laughs> I love I, that it's paper. What, it's so yeah. It's, and there's a heavier weight one, right? Isn't it? Yeah, uh, there are two the types of tones. So there's tone yeah. sketch, which is yeah. great for drying any drying media. Um, and then there's tone mix media, which that is heavier so weight, and you yeah. can add. I love drying that. and wet media to it. Yeah, and I can give a little bit of background of how you know our tone paper. Um, I can tell you how it how it came to be at Strathmore. It's about ten years old now. Um, so mm-hmm. um, happy birthday, tone paper! It, yeah. um, it, it it was born around the same time I started at Strathmore, and the reason no coincidence, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, we had um, we had this. Um, manager who was really good at new product development and was so good at listening to artist feedback and wanting to know what what it was that people were looking for and she she's really the one that developed the tone paper line and mm. was seeing all these people saying like i want a paper that has a mid-tone background that i don't have to tone myself a lot of people were yeah. like tinting their own papers to get that right. that background to work from um and so she was like, "Hey, this doesn't really exist. I mean, you can f- you could find tone papers in like pastel, but they have texture. And a lot of people were saying, I want like a drawing paper that's not.' And, yeah, and if you tone a watercolor really paper, smooth, you're gonna yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you tone yeah. watercolor paper, you're gonna have that that texture still. So yeah. people were saying, yeah. I want like a drawing sheet that's got a smoother mm-hmm. surface, but has that mid tone that I don't have to tint myself. Um, right. So it was sort of just this gap that like." she saw a lot of people are looking for this and it doesn't exist so right um, right so that's how it was like well, let's I make love it that. the uh mixed media paper came out a little bit later right yes After exactly she, so first yeah. was tone sketch for the people that were saying hey i want to draw with a mid-tone background yeah. um and then it came out like hey you know that we love this tone sketch paper but we want to add watercolor we want to add flash mixed media and yeah, yeah. so the tone sketch paper does not have, going back to the sizing, it doesn't have the same type of external sizing that um, like a watercolor or mixed media paper would have. Um, so we said, all right, let's make a heavier weight version of the tone paper that has the right sizing so that it it acts, it reacts to moisture like a watercolor mm-hmm. sheet would, but still has <clears throat> the drawing surface of a drawing paper and has that mid-tone background. So... I actually um, use that in my face value uh, course um, in one of the projects in there. I, I love that that paper. The mixed media paper <laughs> is so substantial. This must be a difficult thing to do, <laughs> more difficult than it seems, because there's a lot of other attempts I see from other paper companies. Um, but yeah, you, know, you well, guys have been doing this for a long time. So. Well, let's, yeah, and technically Strathmore was the first one to introduce the toned, um, mm-hmm. you know, this type of toned paper and also the first to introduce mixed media paper, which is also um, almost a decade old now, too. Uh, um, both yeah. both came to be around the same time. And and wow. really, mixed media paper didn't exist in the market until Strathmore. And it was another one of those gaps where people were nice. saying, like, we want the drawing surface, but with the yeah. watercolor properties. And that's really how it came to be. Um, right. And that's another thing that I've always appreciated about Strathmore is that we've listened to artist feedback and try to address, you know, those needs of what mm-hmm. people are looking for. So so there's the story of both tone and mixed media paper, how it came to be. And then we have tone mixed media where it was like the two sort of came together and had a beautiful paper baby, a beautiful toned paper mixed media baby. <laughs> I love this. I am learning so much. I don't know about you, yeah, Barb. This I, is so I'm, good. I, oh, totally. And I'm, you know, and I'm such a specifically of the mixed media paper. I am <laughs> such a fan. And I know Sarah very kindly sent me some of the the heavyweight mixed media, which I was so excited about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, somebody who who does use mixed media with colored pencil, um, you know, I had the, the you know, the, the tone tan and tone gray sketchbooks and um, you know, certainly when I was, I was primarily using only colored pencil, but then when I started experimenting more and kind of using more pan pastel or maybe some different media with my colored pencil work, when you came out with the mixed media paper, I was like, yes, because mm-hmm. I was like trying, 
just trying to like make the other paper work and it sure. wasn't like it was working but like not as well as it could mm-hmm. have right. and you know the the mixed media paper i mean it's i have difference i have right totally yeah. and you know just even talking about that idea that you can use colored pencil on it but you can still use some like different wet mm-hmm. medias and it's still you know it still stays flat it holds yeah. both uh, you know if you're if you tend to lean more towards very smooth papers it's definitely a different experience it is going to be more textured but I just, I, you know, I can't, I can't thank Strathmore <laughs> enough because I feel like you made like the paper that I've been, you know, it's the paper that I've been looking for yeah. in terms of what, you know, combining those two different attributes yeah. and, and it really, really works well. And the fact that it comes in a toned paper, you know, for anyone who's kind of, you know, maybe more of a beginner going into intermediate, like it, it is, it is a wonderful place to start mm-hmm. having that middle tone because if you struggle sort of with that, you know, there's an artist, uh, his name's Justin Moss. I know, Sarah, you're quite familiar yes. with him. I mean, he uses a toned surface yeah. as his primary, you know, paper paper color, I guess, mm-hmm. if you will. And he's doing these really stunning portraits a lot of the time, you know, mostly using black and white. But just even having that toned surface in between, you know, it, it it's such a, it's an artistic choice. But it's also just, you can create such interesting mm-hmm. art, but at the same time, you can do things that are fully rendered with all the colors and still get incredible results. So I just think it's such an, an interesting offering and a great place for for just experimentation. And it's right? faster, too, if you want a it range is. of values yeah. quick. I mean, that's right. a great way exactly. to start out. You know, if you don't want to put the time involved with building up hundreds of layers, that's a great way to just get some yeah. pieces done very, very quickly. Love it. Exactly. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Where I, th- are, oh, go a, ahead, Sarah. Well, there's a third recommendation. So if oh, you good. want me to keep going, there's yeah. Bristol. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, keep there's going. Bristol, there's Tone, and then we we touched on it already. Mixed media would be my third colored pencil recommendation. Yeah. Um, and that's for if you want to use, like we were saying, if you want to add more than just colored pencil or if you want to use watercolor pencils. It's mm-hmm. the mixed media paper is heavyweight, it's manufactured to withstand wet media applications but it has more of that vellum drawing surface so it's kind of mm-hmm. the best of both worlds so if you don't and if you don't know where your drawing's going to go and you're not sure what you're going to end up using on it like start on a mixed media paper and then you're pretty much good to go so um yeah yeah if you're going to use solvents if you're going to use maybe add some gouache some acrylic watercolor whatever it is mixed media yeah. paper is great for color pencil and other medias i love that one um what is it called it's a it's mixed media pre-cut or board oh. or something. Let's see what it is. Um, I had it got, around here somewhere. I don't see it now. Well, we've got um, the heavyweight mixed media. Um, I think it's that one. And it, it's really, th- yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got that one. It, it's not that. <laughs> it isn't that one, actually, but I do have that pad. Um, it comes in like these little. Um, oh, the ready cut? Yeah, the ready one? cut. That's it. Oh, yeah, Sorry, that's couldn't think of the name yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, and we've got that, that one's so good though. Hot press and cold press watercolor. So yeah. a little bit of sizing on that. I'm guessing. There's right? sizing. Yeah, and that's but a nice. That that's one, a cotton. Hundred percent cotton. Yeah, the ready yeah. cut watercolor. There it is. Yep, that's the one. That's it. I love <laughs> um, that one. And the idea behind this line whips really convenience because it comes yeah. in ready to frame sizes. So right. that's, you know, that can be a challenge is like, um, you know, you do, what size do you do your piece in and then framing it afterwards and cutting it well, down. And right. so the, 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 the ready cut line is nice. It's a 100% cotton watercolor sheet comes in hot press and cold press and it's in like frame ready sizes, um, yeah. standard U.S. frame ready sizes. So five by seven, eight by 10, um, 11 by 14. Right. And just kind of makes it easier for the artist to not have to go through the right. the, the trimming framing process afterwards. Well, I like it because it's very, very thick and you can use solvent on it yeah. as well. Yeah. And it works great. Yes. I mean, and you don't have that risk. You know, it happens to me every once in a while where I'm trying to tear something out of a pad. If you don't get, don't get the full sheet, these sure. are already cut and they're just in a sleeve. So, right. you, you know, there's Ready to not go. that risk. Yeah. <laughs> love it i'm a i'm a big fan of the six by eight size mm-hmm. too um and these like well it makes media pads but <laughs> i i love these i the other thing i you know because you know obviously I, those are I'm very thick clearly also. not hiding very very nice yes not not hiding my all the things i love about Strathmore <laughs> today but uh, i also just love the sizes that are available in the mm-hmm. pads too so like you know something like this like i tend to work 
fairly small. I mean, I'll, I'll work larger too, but I like that, you know, there's six by eight, there's nine by 12, there's, you know, 11 by 17, there are, there, you know, like there's all these, these different sizes available in the paper pads too, which I really love because, you know, you can, you can just buy sometimes just the pad of paper and it's already cut down. Like I tend to work in 11 by 14 even. So, you know, just even, ha- I mean, just even having sizes available, just multiple sizes yeah. available, I think is so right. great. And again, to me, it's another attention to detail thing. So, you know, you're not constantly having to invest in these large sizes and cutting them down. And sometimes when you get certain sizes, you know, you end up with all these off cuts because they can't, you can't cut it right. to the, the sizes you want. So just even having that available, I think is great. So the artist ambassadors that you work with, Sarah, mm-hmm. do, are they involved in like some of the product testing? Yeah, yeah. So while in our ambassador program is new, um, okay. it's not even a year old. We do mm-hmm. technically have three Strathmore ambassadors, um, Justin Moss, Anthony Wheeler, and Timothy Vaughn. Um, all very talented artists who are right. very loyal Strathmore users and um, do amazing things. But we definitely, um, you know, when we have new products or if we have things that need to be tested, um, you know, they're a trusted resource because they're yeah. experts in their fields and they know um, what should and shouldn't happen when they're using certain papers. So we definitely try to get their opinions and feedback on, on most things we're doing. Very, very cool. Is Kirsty Partridge part of that? I mean, she's under the tutorials and Justin Moss. We've worked with her before. Um, Okay, okay. Is there anything new coming up for Strathmore or anything you want other artists to know about that's that's coming up on the horizon? Um, Yeah. So we have our our 2022 online workshops are coming up. They start on March 7th. Um, For anyone who's not familiar with our online workshops, they are a program that's been running for about 10 years now. That's the theme here. Oh, wow. Yeah, 10 years. <laughs> um, 10 years, and um, we continue to do them every year because they have um, been successful and we get a lot of great feedback from artists on them. So what they are is it's a series of tutorials, basically, that launches um, throughout the year on our workshop website that we have where people can go in and watch these video lessons for free. Um, we are very careful about our... Uh, instructor selection. So we pick people that are, um, you know, experts in their field that are really knowledgeable on um, materials and also are super talented artists and are great at teaching and passing that knowledge on to others. So mm-hmm. this year in March, our first workshop starts on um, painting with acrylics. Um, then in May, we have a workshop on watercolor with Shada Campbell in um August, we've got a sketch and drawing workshop that's really going to focus on how drawing is the foundation of all art and can help bring you success in any discipline or medium um, in in art. And then workshop four releases in November, and that's on art journaling. So um, each of these workshops comes with four tutorials that, again, are free to watch on the on the workshop site. Each one comes with a supply list so that you know what to prepare for materials and downloadable instruction sheets so that you can follow along that way Uh, when they launch in the classroom our instructors actually there in a discussion forum to help answer questions so it's kind of like a community classroom feel and you can take these these tutorials and these workshops for free with these um you know professional artists that are are really good at teaching so it's a great opportunity to to learn some things and to try out some different mediums wow that is exciting i love that yes yeah, I think that's yeah, great. And at the right exciting. price point, again, too, I might add. Uh, right? Exactly. <laughs> fully immersive. Yeah, another, and, you know, really another, yeah. another great resource. Yeah. And again, you know, not something I see a lot of companies doing. So I think that's, I think that's yeah. great. Awesome. All right. Anything else in closing that uh, we should know about or be aware of? Where, where do you want to have people uh, follow up? I mean, if they have any more questions about Strathmore, is there a particular page on the website or something yeah, you want to so direct people to? Yep. If you go to the Strathmore website, um, strathmoreins.com, there's a, um, on the top, there's a little contact button. Um, ah, and yeah. that is the best spot because when you contact us through that, it goes, um, it'll get sent to a group of people. And, um, our policy is to respond within, um, 48 hours and we'll make sure Great. that the right person is getting your message and can get back to you with whatever your question is. So we're very, um, mm. you know, that's a big, 
thing for us too. I mean, customer service, we want to yeah. be, it, it's, a, it's a big point for us. So uh, we're very diligent about answering those questions that come through our website. So that's the best spot to get. My goodness. I love it. I love this, this <laughs> company. I love uh, just everything about this company. This is great. And Barb, I'm so glad you turned me on to um, talking to Sarah. This is, this is great. Sarah, thank you. Yeah. I'm, thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you both for having I'm me. I'm a low key uh, unofficial ambassador. Sorry. I'm talking over you there. No, perfect. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for I, having me. Yeah. Thanks for your sacrifice of time. I really appreciate it coming on here and sharing as much as you have. Um, really means a lot to us. And guys, if you haven't checked out Sarah's interview, then go over to episode 335 uh, to do that. And and then, of course, we also mentioned Sarah Bechtel. You can go to 333 for that particular episode. So we did the paper episode. We should we should reference that because we talked about yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, and I'll say these all out of order, right? So <laughs> go to episode 334 <laughs> for our discussion on paper. But uh, this has been so informative, Sarah. Really appreciate you coming on here and sharing as much as you have. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, guys, you can reach out to the show by emailing podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Give a rating and or a review for the show. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We will talk to you again on a Monday. Join us again next week, guys. We're going to be talking about all things colored pencil. Imagine that on a colored pencil podcast. So anyway, we're going to have a different approach, a little nuanced approach, uh, and talking about fundamentals, but within the categories of beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So be sure and join us for that. Guys, we really appreciate you so, so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. Until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye.